0: Welcome to Simple Church. Welcome to Hill City Church. We're going to go ahead and start with praise and worship today. We're so glad you're here with us today. We always invite you to get with God however you can. Find a place. Find a time with Him today. Thank you. we mean the words that we're saying, the words that we're speaking. I don't know why I feel so strong in my heart and my spirit today that you are here for a reason. You are here for a purpose. You made it to church today for a specific purpose, a specific reason that God wanted you here today. And there's just something that's stirring inside of me. The the words in this song, in the midst of the darkest night, I know this is a praise song, but that is heavy in the midst of the darkest night. How many of you have been facing some pretty dark nights lately? What is the thing that gets us out of those dark nights? His love. His love. It facilitates, it creates, it stirs that freedom. So when we say, you are, you are, you are my freedom, it's because he stirs it. He builds it, it breaks off, it breaks every chain. In the midst of the darkest night, his love breaks that chain, breaks that darkness off of you. And for some reason today, I'm feeling like there's a reason why we're in the circle, why we're so close together. There's a feeling of unity. And sometimes we need to come alongside each other as brothers and sisters in Christ, and say, you know what? You don't have a fight in you today, but I do. Because in the midst of the darkest night, his love is the shining light, it breaks the chain. Sometimes we don't have enough inside of us, but the people that we surround ourselves with, sometimes they have inside of them, so today, I feel like, I don't know, like like we're standing around Jericho together, arm in arm, and we're breaking, we're pushing. Don't be passive today. Don't let it pass you by even if it's for somebody else, even if it's for the person you're standing next to, somebody who's not here, somebody who's fighting for their life, somebody who's needing God, that is who we're pushing through, that is who we're breaking chains for today. Don't let those dark nights weigh on you. That is why you're here today. Push through, break through. Stand together, stand with your brothers and sisters. For the ones who are having trouble, the ones who can't fight. Let your fight be their fight today. We're gonna push through, we're gonna break through this thing today, together in unity as one. Amen. Made the deaf to hear. The one who made the deaf to hear, silencing my every fear. Yeah, silencing my every fear. That's right. Silencing. Now let's sing this together in unity. Lift it up today. Sing. I believe in you. Sing that out. Sing it again. Tell him today.
1: without your presence. And God, we may have spent the last half hour kind of engaging and, and listening to these words, God, but I just pray right now in these words that we just sung, God, that your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So God, we invite you, just church, it's not just me, Paul, just saying these words, but in your own way, God, just invite God's presence and that we acknowledge that he's here today. God, that we, we worship a living God, God that wants to change us. It's so hard to see that sometimes, God, but today, Lord, we welcome you. We welcome your Holy Spirit, God, that you'd be close, Lord, that we would learn to acknowledge your presence, God, and I thank you for that, your life-changing um, word and message, God, and I pray, God, just right now, earnestly in this moment, Lord, that you be in this place with us. We don't come here just to do church. We don't come here just to sing songs, God, but we welcome you this morning we set aside the next hour just to enjoy your presence, God, to enjoy your words, God, and changing our lives this morning. We're honored that we get to worship you this morning. We're honored that we get to talk to you. We're honored, God, that we get to live for you. We thank you for these things, God. We thank you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. Good morning, you guys can be seated. How's everyone doing? Good, good, good. It's been a while since I sat in the circle. Last week I had the flu, which was amazing. Anybody like the flu? Whoops, that didn't work very well. (laughs) They're like, nice stand, Paul. I know, it's pretty impressive. Don't worry about it, Candice. It's, uh, it's awesome. I was thinking how, how much difference a year makes, huh? Like uh, today is Super Bowl Sunday. Does anybody care actually about today? <laughs> somebody, oh, so, somebody cares? No. It's just so so funny. Last year was like, yeah, and this year it's like, are you doing good at the game? I don't know, maybe. I'll probably just go to Walmart or something and shop or something like that. Um the, uh, so I just have a couple of quick announcements, and um, for you guys, so there's a lot going on in February, a lot, lot to do, a lot to uh, attend. Um, so a couple of things: one is uh, at 12:30. Uh, let me do this in sequence, actually. So, um, yeah, the things today. So GrowTrack starts today. GrowTrack, if you haven't signed up, it's too late. No, I'm just kidding. It's not. But uh, but uh, it starts in an hour and a half. So if you want to s- s- sign up, you better do it quick. Um, so Mark Mitchell back here and his lovely wife, Julie, right back here. Stand up, Mark. Man, look at him. Good stuff. Um, so Mark's leading our, our growth track, formerly known as Paradigm, and that's our membership class. So a lot of you have been calling this your home. and. Coming here for a while and say this is your, this is my church, so this is that next step. Um, anybody who's in leadership, anybody who's holding a camera um, or, or running sound or backing the kids, they go through uh, Grow Track. So it's a four-week course, four to five-week course, and we go through and we teach about the history of the church, why we do what we do, uh, give you theological um, doc, uh, basis, um, basics rather, uh, talk about how to get involved and kind of what's your calling. What do we? How can we help you guys get plugged into into Hill City Church and take that next step with us? Um, so, um, if you're interested, uh, and it's kind of you're just starting to come in, um, it is a four to five week commitment, um, and so um, you know that's it starts today, and we'll go and it's at their house. Um, where's your house? It's over there somewhere. <laughs> um, if you have any questions? Talk to Mark. Um, he just they just moved up up, up, up north, um, uh, uh, about ten minutes from here. So that starts at 12:30. They'll be out there in the in the um, in the foyer. Uh, Second thing is there's a student update, uh, a lunch on our update on our student ministries. So Tino and Monique and Phil Thomas over there um, at at, uh, 1230 at the O's house. Uh, Pastor John and Candace O's, their house is that way. I know my directions are so good. It's like, just head that way, you'll find it. Or head that way for the other thing. Um, But if you have any, uh, meet meet, meet these two right here and then Phil and Lindsay are back here. Um, If you have any questions. if you are a, student, a parent of students uh, anywhere between 6th grade and 12th grade, uh, they have an update on what's happening. And so just a quick preview uh, is that they're basically going to be splitting the push ministries into two different age groups of 6 to 8 for middle school and then 9 to 12. Um, so benchmark will be 6 to 8th graders and then 9 to 12 will be uh, push, minute, push students. Um, so they have a good update about that. Um, and, and they have lots of food, Monique said. So come and eat. That's how you get people to meetings. You serve food. And then, and then lastly, um, marriage ministry, say marriage ministry, adventurous love conference next weekend. Um, so Bobby right here and his, and his wife, Christina, who are somewhere. Um, I don't know why I'm doing all these announcements. I should have you guys do them. Uh, but uh, I'm like, what should I say? Tell me something cool to say. So uh, that, that's, uh, that's starting next week, uh, next Friday, Saturday. And the highlight of this, of today's update is they have child care. So, um, And all those with kids said amen um, So we have child care uh, This was a harder thing than I thought it was going to be But uh, we have child care um, And so that's next Friday, Saturday at Thrive Church And uh, if you're not registered, go ahead on, the, on our uh, Hill City Church app On iOS or Android or our website Or out in the kiosk or talk to Bob and Christina um, You can register and pay and uh, really invest in your marriage john was saying this before one of the biggest things that he specifically and we at hill city church pray for is thriving marriages um you know we believe kind of the the best thing you do for your kids one of the best things you can do for your family uh for the for the for the church here is to have a good marriage and uh if we have good marriages um so much trickles down from that it's the first it's the first thing that god did the first uh institution that he brought together was a man and woman said you're married and after everything else came government came you know political systems everything else but that very first thing was a man and woman coming together and having a marriage. And so we believe that having a very strong core of marriages in our church is going to trickle down to so many other um, good things in our church. Amen? Amen. Ushers, you can come forward all ten feet. <laughs> um, and I'm going to, can you pray first, Jason? Pray for the offering? Thank you, man. All
2: right. That's Michael. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity of being together as friends and family, Lord, that we are family here at this church, Lord. We just ask for your blessings in everything we do, Lord. We just ask that you, uh, Lord, we just lo- ask that you look over these families, look over the sickness, look over everything in this opportunity, in, in, this, in this church that we can become one and we can become a blessing to anybody else outside of this church, Lord. Lord, we just ask us to come together, bless this offering that we're about to receive in your name we pray,
1: amen. Thank you.
2: Good morning. Oh, I need some energy, guys.
1: Good morning.
2: Hi. Yeah, immediately, right? How many of you guys are excited that Tom Brady is playing in the Super Bowl again, again and again, right? I don't know. Yeah. Well, well welcome to Hill City. They're like, blue, boo. boo. Boo, 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 Just honored that you guys are here. Honestly, just honored that you guys are here. Honored that you came on Super Bowl Sunday, and uh, and just uh, just excited, excited what God's doing here more than the game. I know your Broncos are not in it. I blame the coach. Not just kidding. I don't know. I blame the running game. The running game wasn't good this year. The offensive line was weak this year. It was something. It was. We always blame it on something. But uh, you know, I'm going for the Falcons this year only because they're the underdogs. I don't know who you're going for, but I do love Tom Brady. I have a man crush on him. Uh, I I think he is incredible, best quarterback ever. I don't care what you say, Isaac. Best quarterback ever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, but more than anything, every week we come here, we want to get to know Jesus. That is the that is the uh, the goal every week for me. Is that we get a better understanding of who jesus is because it, it is the core of our faith it is the core of what we stand on that is it's called christianity right it's about being little christ and that's what they were called back in the day in the bible days they would call these guys little christ and to mock them but when you would mock them and say you're just like you're just like jesus they'd be like thank you right they was like i'm glad i'm glad you said that i'm careful here stay away from the light yeah, I, I like this very high for some reason uh, but, uh, but more than anything, this is faith working in your life Faith working in your life looks like that there's some sort of transformation in us that looks more like Jesus Every day I hope that your marriages look more like how Christ has set up our marriages How we love one another, how we would lay down our life for one another Inside the marriages, inside our relationships I hope that it's not just informational but transformational and I'm not just saying it because they rhyme. They do rhyme, and pastors like that. But like, it has to go past information. It does. If it's just information, then it's no. It's of no use, right? It's like, uh, have you? It's like uh, I was. Uh, who was I speaking to about this? It's like saying I I know Peyton Manning. I know all about him, right? I know how tall he is. I know he came from Mississippi. And was like you know, Peyton Manning's from Mississippi. I'm like, no, he's not. Uh, He is. He's from Mississippi, played in Tennessee. I know all these weird quotes about, uh, weird things about Peyton Manning because I studied him for a sermon one time. Uh, But, like, I don't know him. I don't know him. I was talking to Brad. That's what I was talking to And Brad, uh, that's how he was talking to his father. And he was like, he was saying, you you might know all about them, but you don't know them. I don't want you to just know about Jesus. I don't want just informationally knowing about Christ. There is a moment when there is a relationship discovered in our lives where we get to know God, and we get to sense His Spirit. We get to sense what He's doing. We get to, He starts speaking into our life. And it happens when you are just obedient on the one thing. Just take steps of obedience. It's not all at once. Trust me, it's not. It's the transformation never takes all at once. It's like... Right and like it had, it, I know I made this like whole like ritual of like dieting every January and it always fails, right? Because I do it all at once. Like I'm gonna tra- I'm gonna change everything. I'm a vegan now, and then like next day I'm eating a hamburger. I'm gonna be a vegan tomorrow, <laughs> right? I'm gonna be a vegan tomorrow. Then the next day I'm like, no one likes quinoa and no one can spell it, right? It starts with a Q. And, and so, like, oh, we're going through this stuff, and we try to transform all at once, and it doesn't work. It has to be steps of discipline, steps of obedience. And I, it's the same thing in a relationship. Uh, we talked about it a little bit last, uh, last week about um, uh, just relationships and marriages. And marriage, like, a good marriage takes a long time. It takes a long time. And, uh, and I was talking about how, uh, you know, young marriage, they're like, we're so in love. We're so in love. You don't understand our kind of love. Now I'm like, I totally understand your kind of love. It's called emotional, <laughs> right? right? You, oh, you don't, you don't understand our kind of love. You don't have a love like ours. I like, it. everyone has a love like yours. It's also called emotional, right? It takes time. It takes commitment. It takes discipline to do marriage, right? It's not all at once. And then, it, and then it goes up, and it goes down. It goes up, and there's like, what's wrong with my marriage? I was like, it's called normal. It's called normal. It goes up, it goes down, it goes up, and you learn on the ups and you learn on the downs. But it's a discovery, right? And I hope you husbands and wives are still discovering new things about your wife and your husbands. I hope that you're still asking questions that you're not done pursuing. You're not getting lazy on your relationships. If you are, go to the marriage conference, right? Yeah, go to the marriage conference. Get some tools. Grow in your marriage. Work on your marriage before you have to, all right? But uh, as as we're learning about Jesus through this series, we're on part seventeen of our message series. Meet Jesus, beautiful. We're going through the book of Mark verse by verse. I know you love it, right? I love it, right? You guys. Some of you guys might not love it, but uh, we're going verse by verse because I want to teach you who Jesus is. It's so important for us to know who he is, how how he actually lived, how he loved his neighbors, how he how he helped. The, un, uh, the underprivileged how he it has to transform right And it can't just stay in our knowledge it, if if you're not loving your neighbors more there's no transformation there if you're not uh, helping the underprivileged if you're not uh, helping the fatherless the refugee yes the refugee it's all over the bible by the way just read the bible it's beautiful it talks about helping those who cannot be helped reaching those who cannot be i know there's a lot of political blah 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 in there right but i want our hearts to break for people just like Christ's heart broke for us, all right? And it's crazy, loving your coworkers and having an eternal outlook. And that's what Jesus, Jesus, I did it again, Jesus. That's what Jesus, man, I need to stop listening to Southern preachers. That's how Jesus is speaking to us in our attitude, our gratitude, our generosity, our service, following Jesus. And at the end of the day, the gospel is good news. Say good news. That's what the gospel means. It means. Good news, it's, and it's not a Christian term, and I want to break that down uh, again, but I, I want to tell you, the word gospel is not a Christian term, it's a historic term. In history, there's books called the Gospel of Caesar Augustus, the Gospel of the Battle of Marathon, and where, the, uh, where the Grecians, they won the war, right? They, and, they, and they won the war, they won the battle against Persia, and, and the Greeks won this Battle of Marathon, so they sent out heralds, also known as evangelists, to proclaim good news, or gospel, to all people in all cities saying we fought for you we have won you are no longer slaves you are free that's what the gospel means that's what the good news means the good news that has been done on your behalf done for you that changes your status forever that's what it means the gospel of jesus christ you have new life in christ stop living bound in sin you are not slave enslaved anymore you're not immobilized your past anymore jesus changes everything as we lean and have a relationship with him so today we're uh, the message is right up there it's called blessed and broken blessed and broken and can you someone give me a big piece of bread out there blessed and broken is it, did everyone eat the bread or did they is there no more bread left right you can give me a bagel right I'll bless and break this bagel but with that in mind uh, please turn to Mark chapter 6 all right, we celebrate the word of God here. We love it and um, we believe it reveals Christ and it changes our life. Here go, blessed and broken. I got a half bagel. This is a pretzel bagel, by the way. Half bagel right there. Meet Jesus, relearning who he is, blessed and broken. When uh, I'm gonna pray and we're gonna run right into this. Heavenly Father, just be with us as we learn about blessed and broken from Mark chapter six. And I pray that you just reveal your personality, who you are, your relationship with us, and your patterns and what you do. And let that change our lives as we embrace your teaching. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Blessed and broken. You know what blessed and broken reminds me of? Rascal flats. right? Uh, God bless the broken road. I made, I made them play it a couple times today. And they're like, stop playing that song, John. I'm like, I'm playing the song. I don't care. But I'm going to read you some lyrics from that song. And uh, you might not be a country fan. I don't care if you're not a country fan. This is a legit song, right? It's good. It was on Hannah Montana, too. Uh, So it has to be good, right? But it was in the acoustic version, right? But it says this, and I'm going to read you the lyrics. It's beautiful, and you might hate it, but I'm going to read it. It says, I set out on the narrow uh, way many years ago, hoping I would find true love among the broken road. But I got lost a time or two, wiped my brow, kept pushing through. I couldn't see how every sign pointed straight to you, that every long lost dream led me to where you are. Others who broke my heart—they were like northern stars, yeah, uh, pointing. Oh, I'm, I'm not gonna sing. Pointing me on my way into the, your loving arms. I know this much is true. God bless the broken road that led led me straight to you. No, okay. So that's a good song. I I love the lyrics. I actually like the second verse uh, better. It says, I think about the years I spent just passing through. I'd like to have the time I've lost to give it back to you. But you just smiled and took my hand. You've been there. You understand. It's all part of a grander plan that is coming true. And then it goes back into chorus because that's what we do. We do verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, end. Right? Every song. Verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, end. Alright, so uh, that's a great song. It was written by Bobby Boyd. He wrote it on his honeymoon with his wife and then he sold it to a ton of people and made a lot of money. Alright, but he said the indirect route that you take in life and somehow you think things are horrible and never going to get better. I don't know if you're in this room and you feel like things are horrible right now and it's never going to get better or you thought this in the past, but then it leads you to something ultimately that is a lot better, whether it's a relationship, spiritual path, business, or whatever, and I believe in Christ, and I believe this is going to talk about this uh, in Mark chapter 6, that nothing that you've been through is wasted. Nothing that you're going through or you've been through is wasted. And if you're going through right now, it's very hard. You're like, this is not going to be wasted. <laughs> like this, you want me, what I'm going through, is, is you're going to somehow use it, God, Yeah, not not your past, not your hardship, not your brokenness, not your hurt. If you allow God in those areas of your life, he can use your worry, your shame, your hurt for his glory and his restoration story in your life. He can for a greater good, to bring redemption, healing, connection, reconciliation with others. And now in Mark 6, we see Jesus. He's in his hometown, right, in the beginning of six. And it's like going back to San Francisco. I, when I go back to my hometown, it's it doesn't feel like home anymore. Anyone like that? You ever go back to your hometown? You're like, this isn't home. Yeah, you're like, uh, okay, it just feels different. But yet, people know me as I was and not who I am. And so it's it's really interesting uh, that when you go back to your own hometown, you're like little little John. Like, uh, oh, I remember when you did this and this. I'm like, thank you for bringing up every bad thing that I did, All right? And I have a list, so it's 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 easy. It's easy, but uh, it's like time has stopped and you, you feel stuck in your past and in familiarity, unable to move forward, even though a lot has changed, even though that you have changed. And here's Jesus, the Messiah, right? He's the healer, yet people just can't get past his past. They actually can't get past how he was raised, how he grew up. And I told you that uh, the first words that came out of someone's mouth is they said, aren't you Mary's son?" which means that they didn't really believe that he was Joseph's son, which meant that, uh, that Mary was going around, and she was a floozy, and Joseph stood up for him, and, uh, I, and uh, we spoke about that a couple weeks ago. So they were calling Jesus out in this moment, and, and, and Jesus, it says in the verses, it says that he could not heal or teach there, and it was interesting because he marveled, he was shocked by their unbelief. And I learned something about God here, that God refuses to move in a place or in a life without honor. God refuses to move in our lives without honor. Honor it, honor is so important. Honor matters, and how you honor God determines how God chooses to move in your life. That's right. God loves you. Yes, he loves you, but the way he chooses to move, he chooses to move mightily in Honor, And after this, you see Jesus, he sends out his guys, his 12 guys, they go out, and they're no longer watching. Like, before this moment, all the guys did was watch Jesus do his thing. Jesus was healing, they're like, yay, Jesus. Jesus was uh, feeding, and he's like, oh, go, Jesus. They were just bagging, they were just like the posse that was like clapping for Jesus. And in this moment, Jesus sends out the 12, and he says, you're no longer just watching, you're getting in on what I'm doing taking part in the work. You are no longer customers or consumers, but co-workers and providers and uh, producers. Like Becky and Ladavian, they went to Ethiopia and they got to share with us their experience as they went out in, 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 into uh, Thrive Academy and sacrificing their time. And, and many of you, you guys have the same mindset and you have taken ordinary spaces of your life. I don't know if you're like me, but you take a space in your life and you say, this is a sacred space. I don't know, it's some, sometimes it's like, uh, like a gym. For me, I go to the gym, it's a sacred space. I, in my mind, I'm at the gym to work out, but I'm also at the gym, I'm not doing too much of it lately, uh, it's because of the tacos and stuff, uh, but I'm at the gym to work out, but I'm also at the gym to connect with people. So I, I have this gym, it's a sacred space, it's a holy space for me. I, I'm also at the library a lot, and I believe it's my mission field to be there, to connect with people, and, and, and I have a radical awareness of God and I have an awareness of people when I'm at these places I don't know if you have set a space like that and I, I hope that you do that you have set some sacred spaces maybe at work maybe at a place where you're very aware of people's needs and so I'm going to start reading and there's a lot of verses so I'm going to read quick and I already talked quick so we're going to go mark 6 30 to 44 okay the apostles returned to Jesus and told them all that they had done and taught. So Jesus sends them out. Now he, they're returning in verse thirty, and he, they're telling Jesus all that they have done. Verse thirty-one, and he said to them, "Come away by yourself to a desolate place and rest for a while, because you guys are tired. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. So they was they were so busy they didn't even have time to eat. Uh, and they went away in a boat to a desolate place by themselves. And now many saw them going. Say them going. See, usually they usually saw him going, but now they saw them going because the, the disciples took part in what Jesus was, was doing. So the people weren't only attracted to Jesus, now they're attracted to the disciples, and they saw them going and recognized them, and they ran there on foot. So the, they're on a the boat going across the ocean, and these people are running around all, all the land following them on the boat, trying to keep up with where the boat is going and they ran there on foot all the towns that they got there ahead of them and the crowd sees them not just him and they followed on foot and they it, so Jesus has gone viral right Jesus and the disciples they've gone viral they're like charlie bit my finger okay it's like one person got a taste of it and they're just all in now it's like the evolution of dance but there's a movement of followers going After Jesus, and verse 34, and when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and had compassion on them. See, the disciples are tired, maybe even hangry. Anyone been hangry? When you're hangry, you can't make logical decisions. This is not a time to make big decisions, is when you're hungry. I always say, when you're hungry, don't make important decisions and don't argue with your wife or your husband. Worst time, you'll argue about nothing just because... You're hungry, and you don't have enough insulin provided to your brain, all right? So, and I know uh, I lose all compassion when I'm very hungry. I'm like, I just don't care. Let's go somewhere to eat, you know? And yet Jesus is struggling with the loss. Right now in, uh, in chapter 6, we see Jesus, John the, the Baptist, gets beheaded uh, during this time. And Jesus is struggling with the death of his cousin, his closest friend. Yet in the middle of his sadness, it says he saw the crowd. And he was moved with compassion. He didn't just see the people and say, all right, I, we, we've been busy. We've done enough in the ministry. You know, we've healed some people. I'm going to move on. No, he, he saw the crowd. And he moved with compassion. He saw their hurt. He saw their sorrow. He saw their souls. And sometimes we, in our hangriness or in our tiredness, I don't want you just to see the crowd, just to see people's faces. I want you to see their soul, their eternity Sometimes we got to flip it. Sometimes we got to tell ourselves to, to see the reality of that. And it says in, the, in that verse, they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things, and he, it grew late. All day he was teaching, and his disciples came to him and said, this is an empty, desolate place, and the hour is late. Send them away to go into the surrounding court, uh, countryside village and buy themselves something to eat. And Jesus, he's saying, it's time for a break. I'm hungry. We're, we're hungry. We're tired. Send them away. Get them away. I don't want to do Christian stuff. I'm hungry, right? And so verse 37, but Jesus answered them, I love this, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, shall we go and buy 200 denier worth of bread and give it to them? Give them something to eat? And it's kind of a joke because they don't have that money. They're like, are you serious, Jesus? That's what they're saying. And Jesus answers verse 38, and he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. I I I called this point. What do you got? What you got? Or what do you have in your hand? Right? What do you have in your hand? This is a huge question because God responds as we respond. Think about this. We're saying this is impossible. How are you going to feed them? And Jesus, instead of saying, "Okay, let's send them out," he says, "What do you have in your hand? What do you have in your hand?" And I want to ask you that today. What is in your hand today? Because God responds as we respond. He does, we want God to do 100% of the responding, but God responds as we respond to him. He wants to join in with me in my faith as I join in with him. And then, the next verse, it says, and when they found out, well, uh, they said five and two fish, five loaves, two fish. And he commanded them to all sit in groups in the green grass. So they sat down in the groups by a 150 and by 50s and taking the five loaves and two fish. He looked up to heaven. He said a blessing and he broke. The loaf and he gave it to them to the disciples to set before the people. He blessed it, he broke it, and he gave it to the disciples. And he d- divided the two fish among them. Verse thirty uh forty two. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took twelve baskets full of broken pieces and the fish. And those who ate the loaves were five thousand men. Today what I want to focus on, I know that was a lot of verses, I apologize. But this is the only way we're gonna get through Mark. <laughs> I want to focus on how Jesus is calling us into the mission with him. Just like the beginning of verse of chapter 6, calling us to a kingdom of God not as bystanders, but as participants, not as benchwarmers, but as players on the court. Jesus is calling the guys into the game and to be part of the miracle. And this is the same calling that he's calling you today. He's he's wanting you to be a part of the miracle. You are a part of the miracle. I don't know what you think about yourselves, but God is calling you to be part of someone's miracle today for for a greater, grander plan. See, we we, we are all in the Super Bowl. We are. Just think about this. You guys are in the Super Bowl. You are not the Denver Broncos. You are the Patriots or the Falcons in life. You are in the Super Bowl. And I say this a lot, but I just say it again because I want us to understand how important... That you understand that you made it in this life. I was talking to Tim, and we say it over and over again, but there could have been 100, uh, there could have been a hundred million other you's in conception, right? hundred million other you's in conception, but you won. you won the lotto of life. You won the lotto of conception. And if you're alive today, understand this, that you're supposed to be here. God wrote you into this story and you get an opportunity to be in the biggest story about God. It's not by mistake you are not here by mistake. And 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 we are not Christian commentators, but we are faith Contenders. We are not commentators. Isn't it funny? You ever watch ESPN? There's these really, and I apologize, this really big, like, uh, unlike. They're not physically anything anymore, right? They're like old football players that don't look like they ever played football before. And they're, they're saying, this guy is out of shape. I'm like, dude, you're out of shape. How are you sitting in that chair telling the guy on the field he's out of shape when you're out of shape? It's just interesting. But that's what happens when you're a commentator. You, like to, you start complaining about, uh, you nitpick because you're not actually in the game. And in faith, when you're not actually in the game, you start nitpicking life. You nitpick people's faith. You say, I don't like this about worship. I don't like how Jen raised her hand or said push today. I don't like that. I don't feel it. I don't feel it. It's because we're, we're commentating. We're not jumping into it. Because when you're in it, you don't even care about that. You are playing the game. You care about worshiping God in that moment where you're in the game. We're not Christian commentators, we're contenders, we're we're, we're competitors, and and, and in the word of God today in Mark chapter 6, it says, what do you have in your hand, what you got, what you got in your life? Many times in life, we ask God to help us, and he responds by saying, what you got, what you got in your hands? I don't know what you've been praying about, but so many things start by putting into the hand of God what we already have. Think about that. What do you have? What have we been holding back? What have you been holding back? Don't make it more complicated than it is. Jesus, give to Jesus what you have, and he will give you what you need. Give to Jesus what you have. Stop looking elsewhere, and we all say this. If I had this, then I'd do this, right? If I had this, if I could only have had that, if I had more time, more money, more skills. Stop complaining about what you don't have and start with what you have. What do you have? Give God what you have. And look what happens next. Jesus takes what you got, and he blesses it. He's like, he lifts it up in the air, he blessed it, and then he breaks it. I love it. He breaks what you got. You're like, I, I just gave you that. You shouldn't have broken it, right? <laughs> he blesses it. He breaks it to give it out. He blesses it. He breaks it to give it out. But you, he can't bless it or break it if you don't give to God what we have. See, I can't give this out. Here, here's a half a bagel. Well, yeah, enjoy. Enjoy. You can't, you can't give it out. I didn't eat the part. I wouldn't eat that. It's in my hand. All right. But you can't, here you go, Mo. It's good. It's excellent. You can't give out what you don't take apart in your life. You can't give out if you're not letting God bless it and break things out of your life and to give out, right? Don't ask God, God, use me, if you're not willing to give, let it be broken, and to be given out. It's funny. A lot of people get, uh, ask me, what can I do? And I tell them, they're like, okay, I'm not going to do that, right? Because every time you serve, it does cost you. Every time you give of yourselves, it will cost you. It never not costs you. It will cost you. But look, he breaks and he gives it out. The miracle does not happen in the hand of Jesus, just to let you know. When Jesus breaks that bread, the miracle didn't happen. It was still five loaves two fish. He gives it out to the disciples, and as the disciples start to distribute it, that's when the miracle happens. The miracle actually happens in the disciples' hands and not in Jesus' hands. Isn't that crazy? As they gave, it says. There was uh, always, and that's always the case. This is how God works. He wants you in on what he's doing, and that's the pattern of God. He chooses to work in people and through people, bless, break, and give through people. And listen, you are part of God's plan and provision for this world. You are, uh, you are part of God's love for this world. You want, don't say God bless them, God loved them, God take care of them. You do it as you give to God. He blesses it. He breaks it. You're like, ouch, and then he gives it out. Gives it out. Don't miss it. Jesus does the blessing and breaking, but you do the giving. And the people's needs were met. That's the pattern of God blessing, breaking, and giving all throughout the Bible. Every man and woman mightily used by God has been blessed, broken, and given out every time. You can read it all over the Bible. There's a pastor named A.W. Tozer, and he says this It's doubtful whether God can bless a man greatly until he hurts him deeply. No one likes that. No one's like, amen, unless you're fake spiritual. You're like, amen, because that's so easy. No it's, no, it's horrible. It's hard. It's hard. We, no one amens that stuff. But God, if you put yourself into the hand of God, there's things in your life that he is going to burn away. It's like putting yourself right into the fire, and that's why we don't like it. Because God must break our self-dependence so that he can bless us as we cling to him in our brokenness. In our life today, You're in one of these stages, I guarantee it. You're in the blessing, you're in the breaking, or you're in the giving out. The blessing, breaking, and giving out. I think about Moses. God blesses Moses to grow up in the house of Pharaoh. Moses shouldn't have grown up in the house of Pharaoh, right? But he was blessed. God saved him, protected him. He grew up in the house of Pharaoh. Then God breaks Moses in the wilderness of Midia for 40 years. That's horrible, right? Then God gave Moses to be a leader to free his people from slavery. Look at Joseph in the Bible. And God uses Joseph between, I believe, in Genesis 30 to 50. God blesses Joseph with dreams, talents, and favor. God breaks Joseph in the pit and in prison. Then God raises Joseph up and gave him to save many lives during a great famine. In Genesis 50, 20, which is my, one of my favorite verses, it says, You intended to harm me. But God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done for the saving of many lives. You thought you got me. You thought you put me in the pit. You thought you put me in the prison. You thought you put me in Potiphar's house. And all those places were horrible. I thought it was you guys too. But when I look back at what God was doing, you intended to harm me. But God used that for his good to accomplish what is now being done. You thought you broke me, but it was all part of God's plan. See, no one is immune from God's blessing breaking and giving out. No one is immune. Look at Jesus. Look to Jesus today. God blesses Jesus with miracles and signs and wonders. Then God breaks him on the cross, on the road to Calvary, to be whooped, and whipped and broken and then he gave him out to be the savior of the world for us for our sin our judgment our death And in your life and in my life, how is god? That's how god will always work He will bless he will break he will give out He will bless he will break he will give out and he'll do it over and over again. It's not a one-time deal What do you have in your hand today? I hope we're not holding back, asking God to do something. Yeah, we're like, uh, don't do something in my life. Like, I want everything done on your side. And, and that's true with salvation. Everything is done on his side. But the way God works in our life is he takes what we have to give us what we need. But he will bless it. He will break it to give it out. What have you been holding back? Your treasures, your talents, your time, what have we been holding back? What have you been holding back? I want to challenge you. What in your life? Let's just bow our heads for a moment because I believe this is a challenging word from Mark as he blesses, breaks, and then he gives out. It's funny because everything we hold back from God, I don't know, it's, it's never fulfilling. In life, your fulfillment comes in your giving. We just don't think so yet. I, I got to talk to a lot of people this week. I was, I was talking to a couple people who wanted to do foster care and, uh, and adoption. And if you're interested in that, or we're going to start moving forward in that as, as a church. I think we want to push that a lot more. How can we bless? If we're blessed, how can we be broken to be given out for those who are broken? Your treasures, your talent, your time. And honestly, let me get straight. If you are a Christian, if you're a Christian in this room, your life no longer belongs to you. Just, that's, that's what it is. Luke 9, 23 says, Then he said to them, All, whoever wants to be my disciples must deny themselves, take up the cross, and follow me daily. This is not just a cool verse to sound spiritual and to tattoo on our arms. This is what it means to follow Jesus. I told you earlier that the library is a holy place for me. And I'm always aware. But this week, um, and you guys can look up for just a second. This week I met this guy named Corey. As, uh, I, I drove into the library this, uh, this week. And you know when the curbs are really high and you drive too close to it and your bumper gets stuck in the curb? And then you know when you back out and your bumper rips off? That's what happened. <laughs> yeah, my bumper ripped off. And I was like, praise Jesus. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> Sometimes you just need to pray for me. I was like, yeah, <laughs> my bumper ripped off. And immediately I blame everyone else, right? But it was my fault. And I get out and the clips are broken and my bumper's hanging. And I'm just like, ugh. Oh. And this guy parked right next to me comes out and he's like, oh, your bumper ripped off. <laughs> I'm like, thank you, bro. It's like, it was Monday. It was like nine o'clock in the morning at the library. 920 something, right, and, and, um, and he says, uh, this is what you need to do, he's like, don't, don't take it somewhere, because it's going to cost you hundreds of dollars for someone to clip your bumper back on, he says, buy these clips, and he told me what to get, and so I went and went to Honda, buy the clips and stuff, and I came back to the library, because I still needed to study, and he was sitting uh, normally where I would sit, and so I, I started talking to him, he's like, oh, my name is Corey, I'm, I, we, and he was like, uh, he said, uh, do you know how to, are you good at uh, speaking or speech? I'm like, oh, I, I do it sometimes, right? He's like, I'm taking a speech class, and I just need help with this uh, with a the thesis of the speech and some uh, transitional statements. I was like, sure, let's talk. So I helped him for about a, uh, an hour. We were just, uh, I was helping him on his speech, and, and he was talking about uh, juicing, and I was like, this is the, the you, you pick juicing for speeches? <laughs> I was like, all right. I was like, uh, <laughs> go for it. And, and, and as I was talking to him, he he's oh and he I, I noticed that he was paralyzed in one arm he, his left hand didn't work and uh, and we start talking and I and I'm always like aware of people in the library I'm aware I'm like all right God this I, I believe like anytime I'm in here it's this is my holy place right it's my sacred place and so I started just like asking questions and he started telling me like his story I'm like well you know he was like he's uh, he said uh, I try to take my life in 2003 he said, I stuck a uh, 357 to my head, and I blew my head off, like a chunk of his head. And he said, I had to, it was a million-dollar surgery. I had to learn how to walk, talk, think, eat, everything like that. And he's like, my head's actually made out of titanium. He showed me. I was like, it is made out of titanium, you know. <laughs> and he showed me the entrance wound and the exit wound, and, um, and, uh, and he was really happy. And I was like, you have to tell me more about your story. And he's like, I'm a peer counselor right now. Is a peer counselor, and I help people who are in substance abuse and who are going through suicidal tendencies. And I'm like, man, that's incredible, Corey. And and he's like, uh, I kept on talking to him, and he told me his whole story about substance abuse. And then he said these words. He says, I wouldn't change anything. And I was like, those are some bold words, man. He said, I wouldn't change anything because I wouldn't be here right now. Doing what I'm doing, I believe, like, I'm helping people, and I'm so empathetic for those who are suffering in addiction and suicide. And he says, this is what I do. This is what I live for. And he says, I, he, I guess he met his fiance, and uh, he's like, I have a fiance now. I'm like, all right, show me her pictures. And, and so we, he showing me everything, and I'm just getting to know this guy. And, uh, and, uh, and, he, and then he said this, if you can share my story, share my story. Let everyone know my story. Because if my story can help one person one person, I want you to share my story and his name was Corey Felton and he, and he was a young man went to North Glen High School who got caught up in substance abuse and he's alive today and he's more alive today I believe than he's ever been and he knows his purpose, he knows his purpose even in the suffering blessed, broken giving out blessed broken, giving out I wouldn't change it Let's stand. Let's just bow our heads. Heavenly Father, I just pray, God, blessed, broken, to be given out, God. In the name of Jesus, I pray. There's many people in this room, Lord, we are asking God to do something in our lives. And Jesus, you would say, what do you got? What do you have? Put it in my hands so I can bless it, I can break it, so I can give it out. And I want to say to us to this, just like Corey's life, nothing in your life is wasted. I know a lot of us have been through a lot of suffering and a lot of things, a lot of bad days, a lot of good days, a lot of education, a lot of things you've been through in your life. But nothing is wasted as long as we take what's in our life and we put it into God's hand for those around you. And I want to say, if you give to God what you have, he will give to you what you need. And it might not look like what you want, but it's what you need. Blessed, broken, giving out. Be with us this week as we take that to heart. You take it to heart. Let it be your message this week. Blessed, broken, to be given out. God, we place what we have in your hands. And I pray for holy moments like Corey's moment, Lord God. I pray for holy moments all throughout this week and in this room because people need you in this room right now. And some of you guys have been through what people are going through and you have the answer for that. Be a part of the giving out. Be with us as we leave today. If you're in this room and you just need Christ and you are far from God and you know it, you don't know who he is, but you have a sense of God's spirit, Pulling you near, closer to him, wanting a relationship, not just an informational day with him. Just say, God, I need a relationship with you. If that's you, just raise your hand. Anyone? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Heavenly Father, I pray for every hand that went up, God. And I pray in the name of Jesus, reveal yourself mightily as they say, Take my life, God. If you need to bless it, if you need to break it, I want it in your hand so you could give it out because you know what you're doing. I pray that be our desire this week and we thank you for the lives that are saying i'm yours jesus blessed broken and giving out we love you in jesus name we pray and everyone said amen god bless you thank you guys for coming man take the message it's your message and make holy places in your life god bless you